Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 114 of Let's Go Racing. Tyler Jones here with you. Thanks for joining us. Joined alongside, as always, by Dominic Aragon and uh, Jonathan Feld hanging out with us in for David Starr this week. Got a great guest on tap. Going to be joined by the one and only Joseph Wooten from the Steve Miller Band. Some people call him the Space Cowboy. Some call him the Gangster Love. We'll uh, have a great conversation with Joseph when he joins us coming up in a little while from right now. Plus, uh, we'll have a look at the latest headlines from around the sport uh, with our news and notes and our uh, Ask David segment coming up at the end of the show. We'll answer uh, whatever questions you guys have for Joseph coming up uh, there. Before we get to any of that, though, let's start first with a look back at the weekend that was with a uh, exciting race at Gateway. Kyle Busch getting it done. Dominic, welcome in. Let's start with you. Kyle Busch had the best car, led most of the race, uh, and ultimately gets the job done in overtime there. Really dominant performance from uh, Kyle Busch. And now you look at his three wins, he's done it at three different types of tracks. He's done it at three different types of tracks. Richard Childress Racing is certainly on a resurgence. When he made the leap over, we talked about that a lot on this show. Like Kyle Busch over Tyler Reddick, is it the good move? Time will tell. Well, time is certainly playing out so well right now, Tyler, because you win one race. Okay, it's hard to win at any of NASCAR's top touring, touring series and their levels, but to go on and win at Talladega and then to go on and win a gateway like he has, like you said, three different tracks. He is leading, him and William Byron, at three wins apiece, are leading the Cup Series filled with the most wins. And this is the first time since 2019 that he has done three wins in a season, and it's the 11th time in his career. Tyler, there's something special going on right now. This kind of has, like, those Mark Martin 2009 Hendrick Motorsports vibes. Like, it's a revival of some sort for Kyle Busch. Not that he wasn't here, but he's even better. Maybe even back to when he joined Joe Gibbs Racing, his, uh, his first year out, uh, potentially speaking, on that front there. Uh, also, looking back at the race, besides just Kyle Busch winning, that was a big deal. But uh, you had the other storyline of uh, Corey LaJoy filling in the nine card. Kind of a disappointing showing from Corey there. Uh, you know, then uh, Carson Hoshever uh, was uh, in his place uh, in the other in the Spire car was running really well till he had a mechanical failure there. Uh, Dom, what did you make of what we saw on uh, those ends of uh, those two things there? Uh, Corey LaJoy, this was the biggest race of his career, and it was disappointing because the rest of Hendrick Motorsports ran pretty well. And you, and you hate to say one race will make or break you, but you can always go back and look at some drivers' careers and that one race that defines them. And I really hope it's not the gateway race that defines Corey LaJoy because we have seen him outrun a lot of the teams that spend a lot more money than Spire Motorsports in that seven car. But getting the opportunity of a lifetime to this point, filling in for Chase Elliott, and not necessarily grabbing the bull by the horns. Now, now granted, Tyler, in his defense, Kyle Larson was off for most of the race, and they did try some different strategies to work towards the front. But Corey LaJoy was non-existent in a Hendrick Motorsports car. You take the New York Yankees of NASCAR, and you have a great opportunity here, and you don't really show what you can do. It, it leaves my head scratching, at least. Yeah, and then uh, one more thing from over the weekend as well. Um, Austin Sendrick uh, not going to get suspended and uh, had the uh, the situation unfold as, as it was uh, after 
uh, getting a little dicey. Uh, Dom, did NASCAR make the right call? And was it, in your eyes, uh, different the way NASCAR saw it, comparably speaking to the Chase Elliott thing, where they said that, you know, Cendric, it was hard race, and Chase Elliott was intentional and got the suspension. What did you think of that exchange between the uh, two Austins, between Austin Dillon and Austin Cendric there? Well, I I, th- I even take that a step further. Hearing Clint Boyer weigh in on it, driver analyst in the NASCAR on Fox booth, Matt Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin, it's going to happen on Monday. You could just tell just the the excitement. I don't even know if excitement is the right word, but just the, the inflection in their voice. Hey, this isn't right. This isn't good. And when you saw the Austin Dillon and Austin Cindric incident, you could hear him saying it was more a racing deal, nobody's fault, or just two guys racing and running out of real estate. I feel like that carries a lot more weight when you heard the driver say that, too. And for Austin Cindric to come out on social media and really defend it and, and, and release the data and just have transparency. He even said it best. It's okay to call my question, my character into question if it's warranted, but it was not in this situation. And, and yes, Tyler, I think NASCAR did make the right call. I mean, it's going to be hard to police so many things going on, but there are just racing deals. And sometimes two guys do go for that same piece of real estate. If you're watching the version on YouTube, we got a, a little video issue with uh, Jonathan, but uh, no worry. You'll see him uh, in a little bit. In the meantime, you get to hear his lovely voice as he joins us right now. Jonathan, what was your uh, kind of thoughts from the weekend, man? Yeah, fortunately got a power outage right now, so kind of just rolling with the punches. But um, yeah, no, the gateway race, it, I mean, you had a little bit of everything, whether it was the fill-ins with Carson Osovar filling in for Corey LaJoy, who filled in for Chase Elliott, or, you know, the fiber optic going at the track and causing everybody to go back to 2003 as opposed to 2023 with the way they set up the cars. I mean, it was just a wild and wacky race. We had lightning delays. I think Kyle Busch really showed, though, that even though he's had some struggles, you know, that eight team is still strong. And Ryan Blaney, again, you know, we've talked about the Fords not really having a whole lot of speed, but Ryan Blaney's found something between the Coca-Cola 600. And I believe I looked on racing reference over the last six or seven races, he spent like 93% of the race inside the top 15. So, I mean, he's stellar right now. Ross Chastain, too. I don't know if you guys brought this up when the power decided to short out, but he, he just hasn't been himself lately, just ever since everything at Darlington. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a great point uh, for sure. He's uh, fallen off after the uh, fast start he had there. All right, uh, Dominic, our uh, next guest uh, has been a part of some incredible music over the years, but is also a uh, new fan to the sport of NASCAR as well. Tell us about uh, about Joseph Wooten here. Man, I'm, I'm going to let him do more of the talent, but I'll, I'll just give a brief overview of his very, very impressive resume. So Joseph and I go back about 10 years. We did an interview with the website and just kind of kept in touch after that and come to find out on top of his duties with the Steve Miller Band and playing with his brothers, the Wooten brothers, and being a published author and getting to do some cool things in the Nashville scene, Joseph had the chance to go to the inaugural Nashville cup race a couple of years ago so we're gonna get to hear more about that here in a few minutes plus some of the cool things he's got upcoming this year with the steve miller band and some of those other projects some of his charity work some of the motivational speaking events that he does as well joseph thank you so much for joining us this week on let's go racing man it's my pleasure being here it's my pleasure to be here 
Man, a lot of fun, a lot to unpack, so much to, to talk with you about. We can go so many avenues with it, with music and, and auto racing, but let's let's start with the music stuff. So, so okay. you hail from Nashville, and you've been playing keyboard, at least in the Steve Miller Band, for 30 years, but we know your history yeah. goes beyond that. Tell us where that love of music began, and just we'll, we'll go from there. Okay, well, uh, I'm one of the, the Wooten brothers, and uh, I got four very talented musical brothers. We grew up playing. My oldest brother, Reggie, taught me to play when I was five and taught my little brother, Victor, uh, who's, Victor is, uh, they had a Rolling Stone magazine, top electric bassist of all time, and he was in the top 10 electric bassist of all time. Taught by my oldest brother. When my oldest brother was just 10, Victor was two, I was five. He taught me to play keyboards. Uh, there's my brother, Rudy, who passed away in 2010, used to blow two saxes at once. And, uh, and then my brother Roy, who's also a five-time Grammy Award winner with Victor and Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. So when we grew up, we had this family band, the Wooten Brothers. Uh, we've, been, uh, we've been playing professionally for just about as long as we can remember. Learned to play at five from my oldest brother. By the time I was eight, we opened for war. You know, why can't we be friends? Victor was five years old. We were opening for war. We, a couple of years later, we opened for Curtis Mayfield and kept playing, kept playing until we eventually uh, got a record deal. And um, we signed to Arista Records, same time they signed Whitney Houston, same label, same producer. She signed a great deal, and we didn't. But uh, <laughs> my brother Roy played drums on her debut single, You Give Good Love. And uh, I sang with Whitney on a, on a song on her debut album called uh, Thinking About You. So um, kept playing, kept playing. The record deal didn't really work out. Eventually, we sort of one by one migrated to Nashville. I've been in Nashville for 30, 33 years. Yeah, I moved in 1990, September 18th, 1990. Uh, I was doing a recording session for a guy that knew that Steve was looking for a keyboard player. So he gave me the, gave me Steve's uh, information. I did a, a, uh, audition cassette tape and I got the gig 30 years ago. <laughs> so uh, um, that's pretty much, that's the short version of my music career. We're getting ready to go back out and do some more touring uh, towards the latter part of this month. And um, we just, I just got back from um, Australia with my brothers and that was fun. We were there for a couple of weeks playing night after night, seeing that beautiful country and uh, making good music. So the the brothers have, uh, we have some music that we're going to release in the fall. We found some old music that we're going to release along with new music. And uh, it feels good to be busy after, you know, being forced to be off for two years with COVID. Mm -hmm. <laughs> with the, not personally with COVID, but with the COVID situation. Mm -hmm. You saw a lot of bands do this during the pandemic where they would throw jam sessions together, upload them to YouTube. Were, were you guys doing that with the Steve Miller Band or were you guys able to get together, have, have virtual sessions? Not with the Steve Miller Band. Uh, I did some with my brothers. Like there was, uh, there's a club in Nashville called Rudy's Jazz Room and it's named after my brother Rudy, who used the middle, the middle Wooten brother who used to blow two saxes at once. They named it after him, and to help keep that open, we did a we did a fundraiser, online fundraiser for them. Uh, we did a Christmas special, you know, uh, that went really well. 
and then you know this podcast everybody was everybody was scrambling trying to trying to stay afloat during covid not just in music <laughs> oh absolutely and you know, tyler jonathan you guys can attest to this too with the whole country shutting down and nascar not racing for two and a half months being that first sport back i think they'll look back at that era in time where all eyes were on the sport nascar returns may 17th after a two and a half month absence and those defining moments you think like when you think an athlete having a defining game or a race car driver having that defining race I think you can look big picture on that Jonathan and think that race coming back at Darlington being the first national sporting event back of any kind in the United States after a two-month plus hiatus is one of the defining moments in NASCAR history and there will be books written about that someday. Yeah, I remember, well, it was the greatest feeling ever after two months being away, grabbing some Chinese food after work and coming home <laughs> and finally getting relaxed with NASCAR Sunday again. Just that relief. And I, I imagine, Joseph, you know, as you've been back on the road, you've been hearing from fans, you've been hearing from people, just what a relief it is. I, I can imagine that's what's going on. Well, yeah, one thing that I really noticed after being – off for so long because it, it it sounds funny to me two and a half months off we were we were off for you know darn near two years you know um one thing that i've really noticed is that uh, the people that come to hear music cherish it a bit more they come with a bit more enthusiasm because they know what it's like to have that music taken away so that part of it has been really nice you know, people that used to come see you all the time and weren't able to come see you for a couple of years now come with, with extra enthusiasm and people people cherish the live scene a little more than they did before. Sometimes you don't you don't uh, value what you have enough until you have it taken away for a while. And that part of it has been enjoyable, uh, watching people uh, cherish the music just a little bit more. Oh, yeah, I imagine so. Uh so, Joseph, uh, what's your favorite type of scenes to perform in front of? Is it small groups? Is it uh, large venues and concerts? What's your ideal music setting of sorts? Man, I like it. I like it all. I just like making, I like making people happy with music, however it happens. Like, um, we just played uh, a lot of rooms. Uh, in Australia, the rooms weren't arena-sized rooms, but they were filled, and the people were the people were really enjoying it and receiving what we were doing. That was really fun because you could look and you could see their faces. Big arenas are fun too, just because of the numbers and the energy with those numbers. You can't really see faces as well, um, but they're enjoyable too. They all have their own kind of magic. Whenever you play and people receive it. Uh, it's it's mission it's mission accomplished. So I don't really have necessarily a favorite a favorite venue. I just like it when it works. Now that being said, Red Rocks is always a special place to play. Oh yeah, Denver. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Red you got Rocks. two Western guys. You're speaking our language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I mean there's certain places. Uh, there's the Gorge. In a, in a city called George Washington. looks like you're playing in front of the Grand Canyon. I played Royal Albert Hall. That was really nice. Um, there's certain iconic venues, like like the, the Fillmore West isn't that big, but it's iconic and you can feel its history. That's fun to play. Austin City Limits is fun to play because you just, you know how many people have, 
have been there and, and the, uh, the crew behaves themselves like people that have, that have seen everybody. So that's fun. I just, I just like playing. I, um, I have a gig in Nashville this Saturday, a little old place, the Nashville Jazz Workshop. And that's going to be fun. As, as far as I'm concerned, if the gig is not enjoyable, that's less about the gig and more about you. You know, it's, it's, I just feel like if I'm playing in front of people, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to have fun. I love it. And I've seen too, like over the years, especially with the Steve Miller band side of things, you guys have gotten to play some, some cross pennies. And what I mean by that is after a baseball game or, and I believe at Charlotte, yes. Speedway, you guys got to play there for speed fest a few years back. So what's that we like should. to not only get your fans out, but to get the, this cross section of fans coming for a sporting event, what's, what's that energy like compared to maybe some of these other standalone events you guys do? Yeah, the energy, the energy is great because uh, a lot of, a lot of the crowd that comes to see NASCAR, a lot of them are classic rock fans. So it, it just, it worked, it worked in our favor. I got a chance to, I got a chance to uh, experience sort of the, the, the day of the race vibe and all of the activities that there are going around. I got a chance to go out and shake some hands with some vets because, you know, there's veterans out there, army and, and, and different, uh, uh, different branches of the service that are out there. So that it's, it's what I enjoy about it. One is playing music, obviously. And the numbers are always good where there's NASCAR, but I also enjoy, um, I also enjoy getting a chance to experience, uh, the racing scene because it's not something, it's not something that I grew up doing. It's not something that I grew up doing, but it's, it's like we were saying before the show, it's, it's another uh, genre, another arena of people uh, at their best. Now they're competing, trying to win, but still, it's the it's those same qualities of, of, of focus and hard work and teamwork and dedication, the same stuff that's in music. So it's fun to see those same qualities applied to something else. So whenever we play. Whenever we play a, a racing scenario, it's always fun. One, I'm out of, I get out of my, not, I won't say out of my comfort zone because I'm always comfortable there, but I get out of my usual arena. Being in the racing scene is not where I would normally be. So I get a chance to go and like, you know, climb in an old racing car, take a picture with a racing car. Or, or, or uh, what I remember, uh, we played a racing event in Indy. I don't think this was you guys, but I just remember as we're going in, you get a chance to see just how fast these cars are going. So like we're, we're, we're walking in here. And it's one thing when you, it's one thing when you see a car doing a thing and you go, Oh man, it's kind of fast. But when you're standing close to it and you see how fast they go by, uh, it's just, it's, it's fun, man. It's it's really fun, and now I get a chance to to encounter NASCAR more because I have a cousin who's on the board. My cousin Larry Woodard is on the board of NASCAR. So races come to town. This event that I probably wouldn't have gone to, you know, I get a chance to not just go to, but I get a chance to go to it like in the booth with the other VIPs and sort of you know get a chance to to get a a really good look at the beauty of this sport. 
you know, I, I got to ask you, have you ever gotten the chance to get in one of the cars and either drive or be a passenger? I have not. Steve Miller has. Steve has. I have not. And, uh, and you know, I know how good these drivers are. I would do it. <laughs> I would do it. I'd, lo I'd love to get to, to get the feel of it because I've stood there and watched them go by and get, a, get uh, a sense of just how fast these people are moving. Tyler, we know a guy that might be able to help Joseph with that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Also, yeah. too, I, yeah, I know Indy Carlson does the two-seater with Mario Andretti. There you go. Go back to Indy. Yeah. Count, count me in. Yeah. Count me uh, in. Our, our buddy David Starr is actually uh, – that's why he's not with us tonight. He's getting ready for a, a school he's doing this weekend. I, I'm actually going to hop in a uh, stock car and, and a drive for the first time myself uh, here in a couple of days. So. Oh, my goodness. I'll, uh, I'll report back there at Texas Motor Speedway. But there, there better be video and pictures and stuff because we're going to definitely include it on next week's show. We, you got to tell us about it. And, and uh, onboard camera. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I got to ask you, uh, Joseph, you yes. know, we know the, the band and, and everything. You guys are just terrific. I mean, songs that generations listen to, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I think all three of us have always have, have been big fans of what you guys did and you know, uh Steve Miller and everybody, you know, with with the songs you guys put together. But you personally, what what have been kind of your favorite styles, genres, or 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 songs that you've played over the years that maybe it was original stuff you guys did or just artists or, or whoever you respected? Who are some of your favorites that come to mind? Well, I mean, some of my favorites, we started playing in back in the in the late 60s and uh so i was always always a big i'm probably the biggest sly and the family stone fan like i love sly and the family stone uh mm -hmm. my brothers and i saw james brown in 1970 and uh and later on about a decade later so we're giant james brown fans but um we're jazz fans we're funk fans we're r&b fans uh i like um uh, I got a chance to see Whitney Houston, like when Whitney Houston sang her debut single, I was in the studio. I watched her. I watched her sing it. So I'm a big fan of hers because I got a chance to see her come on the scene and sort of change uh, singing. I'm a big Aretha Franklin fan. I got a chance to to uh, play for her when she was uh, getting her like eighth honorary doctorate or something. Um. Here's the thing. When I was in high school, always loved Fly Like an Eagle. Love that song. And uh, it it never ceases to make my heart feel good that now I'm the guy that gets a chance to play this song that I loved when I was a kid. That is so Man, cool. yeah. And you get yeah. to play, would you guys play live? Correct me if I'm wrong, you get to do kind of a little extended solo there on the keyboard. I do. I get a chance to do a nice extended solo on that one. And it's Again, super gratifying because I always like the song anyway. And it's what, you know, I don't know how I got to be the lucky one, but I'm, I'm happy that it happened. That gets a chance to play Fly Like an Eagle. My, my, biggest, my biggest joy is watching a crowd night after night that's been waiting to hear these songs they've been listening to for 40, 50 years and uh, to hear the joy that they get when we deliver it. So every time Steve hits that doodle, 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 
crowd goes nuts. Even though it's the same song, I've played it hundreds of times or maybe thousands, I don't know. It's still refreshingly gratifying each time because uh, you just feel like you're doing what you're born to do and, and delivering, delivering a thing that uh, makes the world just a pinch better. The thing that I really like about music, it's like life is pretty rough, right? It's like people will say we're, we're more divided than we've ever been. We're not more divided than we've ever been, but we're, nobody can argue that the country is, is divided over things, whether it be, you know, whatever it is. But as soon as the good music comes in, all of that goes out of the window. And that's, it's such a, it's, it feels so good to be a part of the solution. Not the permanent solution. Like, we'll go back to, you know I mean? There's an election coming. We'll go back to arguing that stuff in a minute. But when the groove is right and we're all listening to music, all that stuff goes out of the window and we start living as we're meant to live, which is like together enjoying the fact that we're all there. And that's what I really enjoy uh, being a part of. Yeah. I, I guess, like, when you talk about favorite songs that you like to play live, you know, you talk about the hits and whatnot, but what, what's maybe one song that you love to play live that, you know, someone wouldn't necessarily think of? Um, there's a song uh, that Steve has called uh, Shubada Du Mama. And uh, that's, that's fun to play. That's fun to play. Um, but I really, I really do enjoy playing his music. Take the Money and Run, Fly Like an Eagle, Jet Airliner, uh, The Joker. I enjoy all of those. I enjoy all of those. I really do. And, and, and some people, the question I get a lot is, do I ever get tired of playing the same songs? And the answer is no, because the same song has a refreshed, great reaction with a whole new audience night after night after night after night. And I'm pretty much, I play music for people. I don't really play music just for myself. So if I'm, if I'm thinking about myself, you can go, oh man, here we go again. Right, if, you, if you're only <laughs> thinking about yourself. But if you're thinking about the audience, here's yet another audience who we've made their day, who we've made uh, their evening better and who will go home a little bit better than they came out. That's, that is um, always refreshing, always gratifying. Well, Tyler, oh, I can tell you from experience for my 19th birthday, my mom and dad bought tickets to go see these guys at Route 66 Casino, Legends Theater in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Beyond ecstatic because I grew up in the wrong era and <laughs> the show's about to begin and you hear the... For Jungle Love, and then Jungle Love, yeah. That was the opening song. My heart starts racing, and it was just a great way to begin the night. And I, that had such an impression on me ten years ago. Man, that's another fun one to play, and that's that's another one that that song works every time. Right? <laughs> you hit the little whistle, and it's fun, man. It really is. And on that particular one, I hardly play. I just sing with Steve. And it's fun to sing. I met you on somebody's island. Thought you would know me more. Fun, man. It's just fun. What's, uh, what's your best story about working with Steve and being on the road with him? One story that I really enjoy, like I've, as, 
as music gets to be more automated, right? As as you know, auto tune and and computers generate the music. I remember playing at the Fillmore West uh, in the Bay Area, and the electricity went off. Now I've seen the electricity go off on on some shows. I won't mention the name, but I saw a show, and the electricity went off, and the show stopped. Right? There was nothing. There. So with Steve Miller, there's a lightning storm and a power outage. And this is when uh, Norton Buffalo, the harmonica player, was still in the band. And uh, Steve went and got a guitar, and Norton went and got his harmonica, and somebody went and got a bullhorn. And they went and sat in the middle of the stage, and the audience got pen quiet, drop pen quiet. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Steve Miller and Norton Buffalo entertained the audience with a bullhorn, a guitar, and a harmonica just singing the blues. And I remember thinking, that's real talent, right? That is, they entertain this audience with with real talent, with with no power. And I, I that story has always stuck in my head. We, um, the Steve Miller Band plays, and we're one of the few bands that don't use we don't use any automation to sing vocals. We do every single thing is live. And that part of it is fun. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, Joseph. Uh, as far as the music and everything goes, uh, did you get involved in, in much songwriting, uh, whether it was for your own or others or for Steve? Uh, what, what about that aspect of things? Yeah, I, 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 I'm a songwriter. I write a lot of songs. I haven't written any... I don't have any that's been on Steve's records because when I joined the band 30 years ago, Steve had just uh, finished the album uh, Wide River. So I didn't get a chance to play on that. I didn't get a chance to present anything, any, present anything on that. And then his next album was a blues album, right? Where he just, he played the blues. He had a, it's a double album set of Let Your Hair Down and, uh, and Bingo. I think that came out in 2007. So, um, but I've written a bunch for myself and I've written a bunch for my brother, Victor. And, uh, you know, I think my favorites, maybe one of the favorite songs that I've written is a song called I Matter. That, uh, you know, it's just sort of a, sort of a song to, uh, a self-esteem song, you know. I enjoy it. But, I, you know, I've, I'm a songwriter. I write all the time. So cool. I, and I, I remember hearing Sting say this in an interview a while back. Somebody asked him, well, how do you get your motivation to write? Where, where, where's the right time to write? And he goes, there isn't. You, you might get an idea when you're going to bed. So you have a notepad by you there on the nightstand or you're eating breakfast or you're in the studio or maybe somewhere else. But it, it can just come to you in the moment. But there's no one or right way or wrong way to write a song. He's right, he's, he's right about that. It comes... All kinds of ways. Every now and then you'll hear somebody say something. You go, oh, man, that sounds like a song. So you may maybe write it and attach some music around it. Other times you're playing the keyboard and you play something and you go, oh, man, I like that. You know, that needs some words. So it comes it comes in all different kinds of ways. Um, I've been doing some writing for uh, some plays. Uh, there is a, a Vanderbilt University and Fisk University uh, got together and they did a play called uh, one was Jim of the Ocean. This last one was called Sweat. And, um, you know, that's different. Here's a scene. 
and this scene needs some transition music. So that's another type of creativity, but I, I enjoy all of it. Yeah. And you mentioned the song, I Matter. Uh, that's also the name of your charity, I Matter, You Matter, Inc. What do you guys do with that? Yeah. Well, I Matter, You Matter, Inc. Um, it's, I Matter, You Matter, Inc. started, uh, I started it with my wife, Stephanie. But in somewhere around 2010, I used to go to Buffalo, New York a lot and do motivational speaking to high school students, middle school students, every now and then elementary school students, a few colleges. And um, I had this song that I had written called I Matter. And it used to, it seemed to really resonate um, with this, with these students. So I thought the first thing I'm going to do, um, I came, my wife and I came up with imatteryoumatter.com. And imatteryoumatter.com wound up uh, blossoming into I Matter, You Matter, Inc. And what we do, we give scholarships to young people, to deserving young people. We work, a, uh, we, we do things that try to honor diversity and try to make, make everybody feel like they're part of what's going on. But we also work a lot with veterans. So I've had the opportunity to do a good deal with vets as part of Operation Song and uh, another company called Creative Vets. And, uh, and it takes, you take a veteran and let the veteran tell whatever it is they want to tell about their life. Sometimes there's PTSD, sometimes there's you know, horrific uh, images they have. We let them tell us what they want. And then as a songwriter, we take their song, they take their story, and turn it into a song. I've been able to do that a couple of times and, and it's really encouraging to see these veterans who have kind of, as, as best I can describe it, this film that plays in their head that, that, that they can't turn off. And it's fun to have us turn it into a beautiful song and, and it sort of takes their story and turns it into something that can soothe them as opposed to something that can torment them. I've been able to do it a couple of times and that's that's really gratifying. I got a chance to play for some gold star families yeah. um, at the Field of Dreams where they where they uh, they filmed the movie Field of Dreams. Oh. That was fun. Uh, you know, I'm scheduled to jump out of an airplane coming soon with the Golden Knights. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, I figure if I can jump out of an airplane, I can uh, I can ride in a fast car, right? <laughs> there you go. It's that same rush. You can be hitting terminal velocity in either way yeah. before you know it. Indeed. But it's a yeah. Um, I matter. You matter. It's just a. It's just a vehicle for me to try to do some good. You know what I mean? It's right. Just a vehicle for us to try to do some good in whatever way that we can do some good. Let me ask you one more question before we uh, move on here, uh, Joseph. Uh, we, we've heard a little bit of the keyboard as we've gone throughout the uh, the interview today. Is there? Uh, anything uh, you'd like to play or, or, or sing? We're, we're more than open uh, if uh, if you'd like to share anything. Stole my well, question, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I want to be in NASCAR. Riding in a fast car. Wanna be a NASCAR 
riding in a fast car, moving so fast, hoping it will last. Ah, bravo. <laughs> I need that as a ringtone, Tyler. <laughs> that might have to be the new theme song for this show. Hey, man, let me let me know. I'll hook you up. Hey. Riding in a fast car. Yeah. Okay, we'll give me that version. Show. I like that. That's awesome, man. We can get that let for this show. Let me, let me know. We'll hook that up. Awesome. We'll I love up. it. It's fantastic. Uh, Joseph, we'll have to stick around. We, we got some more stuff to get to uh, as we continue here on uh, Let's Go Racing. Uh, we'll get to our news and notes segment. Also have our Ask David segment where we'll uh, get to some questions that you guys have coming up at the end of the show. But uh, first, let's begin with the news and notes, the latest happenings from around the sport. Dominic, go ahead and take it away. So we'll start with Eric Almirola. We knew last year that the driver of the number 10 Smithfield Ford for the Stuart Haas Racing in the Cup Series was discerning retirement but decided to waive it off in favor of coming back for the 2023 season. Well, is he at crossroads again? Ford Performance was reporting earlier this week that Eric Almirola may be looking at finishing up his Cup Series career at the end of this year. And Tyler, Jonathan, if that ends up happening, we're looking at a, a man that had 15 years in the Cup Series as a full-time driver, three career wins, made the playoffs a couple of times, finished fifth in points in 2018, and has been a staple at Stuart Haas Racing, taking over that car from Danica Patrick. Yeah. yeah uh, certainly so. And uh, Eric Alvarola, um, you know, he, he's, he's won, uh, you know, you mentioned a, a few races, ha had his moments. Uh, I think that Talladega win in particular. The sad part for me is the most memorable thing in his career probably was the, uh, the Xfinity race years ago when he got swapped out for Denny Hamlin and Denny Hamlin won the race in his own car. Uh, but nonetheless, it's been a fun career for uh, Eric Almirola uh, with 15 seasons. It's a long time. Jo Joseph, let me ask you this. You know, a, a guy like Almirola here, he thought about retiring last year, ended up coming back. Now he's thinking about retiring. We've seen, whether it's athletes or musicians, when they're getting close to deciding whether they're hanging up or not, it's it's a tough call. We've seen so many guys uh, most recently, a guy like Tom Brady, thought they were going to hang it up and, and come back. It's that's a tough point to get to. That is, that's the truth. But but and it's it's one of those things that people that don't compete or perform, it's easy for them to not understand. But I remember I remember when the Cleveland Cavaliers were be they were coached by Tyron Lue, former point guard for the Lakers. Oh, yeah. And it was game 7. This is the year is this is the year that they came back from 3-1 and beat Golden State. But what I remember was Tyron Lue said something that, uh, that uh, I'll always remember. He said that he was giving the team the pep talk, and he said he's going to tell them like his dad told him when he was little. He said that the two most important days of your life are the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. Mm. And when we, when we play music – or when we race, or when we box, or when we play football, we have that feeling that we're doing what we're born to do. And there's nothing that will replace that. There's nothing that replaces you. Like when I play, when I play keyboards and, you know, 
you're moving the crowd or you're part of playing the Joker and the crowd is going nuts or you're playing with your brothers and, and people are receiving it, there's, there's nothing that will replace that. So I, I can't even imagine myself retiring. If there was a doctor that told me music, playing music was, was unhealthy, I could see myself going from doctor to doctor until I found one that agreed with me that playing music was good. Um, it's tough. It's tough to walk away from what you know that you're born to do. And that doesn't mean that sometimes it's not time to do it. I just understand how it's hard. And truthfully, truthfully, who should be able to tell you when it's time to walk away except for you? Right? Who should be, who should be able to do that? I mean, think about, you think about a Tom Brady, good example. You throw the perfect pass and 80,000 people go nuts. What, where are you gonna, what are you going to replace that with? What are you going to replace that with? The, the, the right business deal? I mean, that's, that's good, but it's just not, it's not the same. So it, re it requires, it requires the, the athlete, the performer, the driver, whomever it is, to be real with themselves of whether they're doing themselves a favor by staying around or not. But it's understandable why it's hard to walk away from. Yeah. Doing what you're, doing what you're born to do. Yeah, for sure. Jonathan, let me ask you, um, sounds like Josh Berry is going to fill the four seat. If Almarola steps away from the 10, who do you think hops in that ride? Well, first, I want to take a step back because, you know, as Joseph brought up, you know, it, it's hard to step away. And I think the big factor that Almarola cited when he first announced his retirement was his family. And I think he's really struck a balance this season, just being able to bring the kids to the track, being able to let them be more part of his lifestyle. I remember, Dom, you were in the media center, I think, when his kids were in there and were playing around and having fun and all that. You know, they get to be a part of it. And uh, But also, too, you know, you look at how Eric has done this season, and it just hasn't been a good season. I mean, that's the case for Stuart Ross Racing in general. And when I look at who could possibly replace him, you, you kind of think about the sponsorship situation. You know, Smithfield absolutely loves Eric Almirola. And it's like, well, you know, who, who's going to be that driver that's going to come in and fill those shoes? Or is there maybe a driver out there with sponsorship that's going to fill those shoes? And instantly I think of someone like maybe a Harrison Burden. You know, he has the type of funding from a company like Dex, who's very much behind him, has been behind him throughout his racing career. Uh, you think about a guy like Zane Smith, who has proven himself and it has to look good in the eyes of Smithfield. So I think it ultimately comes down to sponsorship. I think those two guys look pretty good right now. Dominic, I wouldn't rule out uh, a guy that's very familiar with that organization. He won in the Xfinity Series this past week at Portland. Cole Custer maybe making a return back to the top with, uh, with Stuart Haas there. Perhaps an audition Saturday with his win at Portland. I even think within that stable and somebody who's running partial cup schedule and has been with Stuart Haas two years in Xfinity, Riley Herbst with the, the Herbst money and Las Vegas and Nevada and Southwest gas station chains and, and the, the partnership they have with Monster Energy and that business to business deal. Who is it to say Riley could be in the running for that car as well? Uh, Andy Lally. Uh, let's get to him, Dom. Uh, friend of the show, Andy Lally, making a uh, return. He's making a return to the Cup Series. Andy Lally, the 2011 NASCAR Cup Series Rookie of the Year, as well as a road course ace, is making his first Cup Series race this weekend on the left and right turns of Sonoma Raceway. It was announced earlier this week, and this deal, guys, came together through Twitter and the CEO of Camping World, Marcus Limonis, 
who longtime sponsor of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, is partnering with Lally for the five remaining road course races with Andy Lally. So Lally having a good opportunity here with the Rick Ware Racing. And we saw last year that car ran really well to Joey Hand, picking up stage points, running up front. So Andy Lally getting to cherry pick some races and some decent road course equipment. Yeah, I'm really uh, glad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry to jump in, but I, I just got to say that's my favorite story of the week, just by the way of the tweet that you mentioned, because I know Andy posted that, I think it was May 22nd or 23rd, and right away, Marcus Lamonis, as he does, jumped right on and was like, let's DM and let's let's talk about this. So great to see Andy Lally in that car. Yeah, um, no no question about it. Uh, and, and with that, uh, Joseph, I, I know you made it out to Nashville. We got to get you to one of these NASCAR road races where they turn right and left. It's a whole different animal, Joseph. Oh, <laughs> I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I've, I've enjoyed every moment that I've ever had with NASCAR. I, I really have. Yeah. Uh, we'll be in uh, Chicago here in a couple of weeks. Jonathan and I will be for the uh, first ever NASCAR street race, which is going to be in downtown Chicago um, there. And so that's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, but that, sounds like, that does sound like fun. Yeah, but uh, congrats, Andy, and I wish him the best of luck there in uh, in that ride. Uh, Dominic, uh, news with uh, Denny Hamlin and FedEx? Yeah, normally we don't talk about sponsorship news because let's be honest, sponsors, Diamond Dozen, like who do you pick and who do you choose? But this one is really important because FedEx has been a longtime partner of Joe Gibbs Racing. They've been Denny Hamlin's primary sponsor for a majority of his Cup Series career, same number, pretty much the same paint schemes. And there was talks of is FedEx coming back? Is FedEx not coming back? But Adam Stern, dropping one of his usual Stern bombs with the Sports Business Journal, is reporting earlier this month that FedEx and Joe Gibbs Racing are nearing a deal to renew for another year and extend their partnership. FedEx and Joe Gibbs Racing go all the way back to 2005. This has been one of the longest-running NASCAR sponsorships between a team and a driver, or a team and an organization, and a Fortune 500 company at that, Tyler. And FedEx, over the last six, seven, eight years, had run about 30 31 races is the primary sponsor of the 36 events. This year, they've only been seven of the 14. So it's been a more limited role, but it is nice to see that FedEx is going to be returning likely in 2024. And that yeah. makes up the, the news there with Denny Hamlin. Hamlin and his contract, this could all play into the fact of Hamlin getting another year at Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah. Um, and we've heard Denny say that uh, as long as uh, FedEx and Joe Gibbs are there, that he wants to be there with that organization that he'd like to go out uh, with that group. But if not, then maybe he races for his own team at some point. Uh, Joseph, uh, Denny Hamlin and FedEx, uh, you know, been together a long time. Uh, in, in today's world, so important, right, to have, uh, you know, have people that believe in you that, that have been loyal like that. I mean, that, it's quite a story, these two, how long they've been together here, a corporate partner like FedEx and Denny Hamlin. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing that, uh, that I really enjoy about nascar and music how much of it overlaps loyalty of sponsors or, or loyalty of bandmates i mean uh i've been with steve miller for 30 years uh thank goodness he's loyal <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness he's loyal oh yeah uh jonathan as far as a dinner hamlin's future goes uh with that number 11 car um i think he's being honest when he says he'll be there as long as FedEx is going to be there. I do think that 11 eventually does go to 2311 racing at some point in time, but that might be after Denny's done with his career uh, at that point. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it could. I don't know if the eleven would go to twenty three eleven. I may be a really fitting thought to have that, but you know, I, I think Denny will race for JGR as long as he can, and especially with that FedEx deal being so tied into JGR as well. And I, I think there was a lot of anxiety about Denny and FedEx after Eminem's left. You know, leaving a champion like Kyle Busch, but. Honestly, I think someone like Denny Hamlin has performed on a higher level than someone like Kyle Busch has in recent years and really warranted this type of deal. So it's good to see that a sponsor like FedEx is staying committed to the sport. And, hey, I don't see any reason why they should quit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, This week at uh, Sonoma, Dominic, uh, tell us about and give us your pick. So this will be the 34th installment of NASCAR Cup Series making the left and right turns in wine country at Sonoma Raceway in Sonoma, California. So the the Cup Series did not race there in 2020 because of the pandemic, but they've made their first race in 1989 with Ricky Rudd taking the victory. And you've seen so many past champions, so many great drivers win at the road courses and so many drivers step in like we're seeing with Andy Lally come in and, and try to get the best finish they can for a team that has an opportunity like they do. Now, I think it's worth noting too, Tyler, some of the guys entering, you have 13 past road course winners in the field this Sunday of 36 starters. Chase Elliott leads the way with seven different road course wins, but I will note, he he has run well at Sonoma, he's run well at all these different places, but we have not seen a Chase Elliott road course victory in quite some time. But I think that gets all erased, Tyler. We're going to see all the headlines from Gateway go away. We're going to see him missing these races, a null point. Because Chase Elliott wins at Sonoma on Sunday, gets that first win of 2023, locks into the NASCAR playoffs. You took my pick. Uh, I will go with Chase Elliott, too. I think it will be a fantastic story uh, after all the controversy uh, that that happened, uh, the suspension that he had last week, and then, of course, the time that he missed uh, from the, uh, you know, the snowboarding accident uh, away from the track. I think he makes a statement, gets a win in that a nine card, goes to victory lane. Joseph, uh, give me a name. Who do you like to uh, win on Sunday there at Sonoma? Oh my goodness! I wish I knew enough names to 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 give you something. But uh, I'll go with you guys. You you seem to know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Chase Elliott. All right. Uh, Jonathan, are we going four for four? Is this going to be a clean sleep? Oh, I wish I could. I, I got to be the contrarian in this. Uh, Boo this man. Boo. Uh, Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. We got to boo me. <laughs> I, I, just, I just think William Byron is just on a roll right now. He was good at Coda. I think Sonoma, he's going to pull it through. I got I got to be the contrarian. Uh, uh, Mike Anderson, an employee at KOB4, my, me and Dominic have worked with him. You're working in a newsroom. You're working with a bunch of contrarians. I'm one of them. I'll stay with it. William Byron. Okay. Uh, so there you have it. There's uh, our picks for this week. Before we get out of here, time for our Ask David segment. We ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook, Twitter, and by email, facebook.com slash starpodcast, Twitter at starpodcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, our questions this week uh, for Joseph uh, in the inbox, uh, we'll start with the uh, first one is from Alex, and it's for all of us, but we'll let uh, Joseph answer first. What instruments does everyone on the panel play? So, so Joseph, besides uh, playing keys, what, what, what else you play? 
I play a little bit of drums. I play, play a little bit of bass. And I'm a singer. Nice. That's pretty much it. Nice. Uh, Dominic, uh, you, you play a, a few different instruments, and, and you were in a band at one point, too. I did, the Garage Pirates. I was a drummer for eight years, got to, to share the stage with my dad. I mean, I'm not going to say we went on, like, tour or anything like that, but we got regularly scheduled in our hometown of Grants, New Mexico, at the casinos, and had, like, a classic rock, classic metal kind of sound. We had originals, nice. and it was a lot of fun. We played a couple of Steve Miller songs in our band, so that was a lot of fun. If you play some classic rock, you play some Steve Miller. Oh, big time, yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic rock, Steve Miller, it's all synonymous. I remember we messed around with the Joker, Jet Airliner. We had a lot of fun with that, Jungle Love. And, in fact, my dad and I and Jonathan on this panel, a couple of our buddies were, were forming a band, and I'm sure Steve Miller songs are going to get added to that set list on the Steve Miller <laughs> play. But drums are my forte, but I can play the keyboard very poorly. And if you need me to fill in on the bass, it's not going to come out as good as maybe the drum <laughs> play. And let's not get started with the singing. I let the drums do the singing, Tyler. There you go. Joseph, uh, what's that like when, when people like Dominic say, yeah, we uh, are, are a local band or whatever. We we love playing your music. How, how's that feel as uh, when it's your original songs and someone else, you know, is playing covers like that? It feels it feels good. It feels good to be relevant. It feels good to be relevant. Some of these songs were the Joker just turned 50 years old. I mean, the song was recorded 50 years ago and Fly Like an Eagle will be 50 in a couple of years. So the fact that those songs are still relevant and uh, you're still making people happy with it feels good. Yep. Uh, Jonathan, how about you? Uh, you? You got some musical talent, right? Yeah, yeah. So I started out playing guitar about age 14, taught myself how to play, uh, sing along to songs. Uh, so I play guitar, a uh, little bit of bass, uh, sing. Uh, I could probably do, I could probably not as well as Joseph. I could do a little bit of keyboards. Um, yeah, a little bit of everything and playing around, having some fun. Joseph, I actually have a question for you. Have, have you ever heard a cover of a Steve Miller band song that has just blown you away? Uh yes, I've heard some I've heard I heard a Neville Brothers cover of Fly Like an Eagle. Ooh. That was that was really cool. That was really good. I've heard some reggae versions of uh, the Joker that have been good too. Um and uh and uh there's a there's a like the very early original version of Fly of uh Jet Airliner which is really cool too. So Nice. Yeah, nice. really good. Uh, Joseph, uh, myself, uh, I I'm a drummer at heart. Uh, you know, that's that's my number one instrument. Uh, growing up, you know, I was I was always playing in the worship band at church, you know, and, and doing uh -huh. that, and playing drums. But uh, also keys, bass, and uh, guitar for me, and, and sing a little bit as well. So Multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. He's pretty good. I, we've gotten to throw some jam sessions down. Tyler's pretty good on the drums. John's good on the guitar. Well, when you know, when we do that theme song, we might have to get everybody in on it. Hey. Hey, let's yeah. do it. The Let's Go Racing Band. I yeah, man. NASCAR riding in the fast car. <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Jonathan, you're going to sing, right? Yeah, you bet. NASCAR riding in a fast car. 
Well, and I got to admit too, guys, when we've been on the road, Jonathan and I have traveled a lot together. So if you, if you guys know, as we, we keep TRE going along with the other people that just keep this operation running. And, and a lot of the times Jonathan and I've had to travel together and sometimes Jonathan's getting to that shower first in the hotel and like, ah, oh, crap, because he starts singing and it wakes me up and it wakes everybody up. But you can't be too mad because the singing's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i remember i remember john haverlin told me one time he was like hey john who sings that song and i was like red hot chili pepper he's like keep it that way <laughs> <laughs> oh this is good uh very good show today one more question uh from the inbox this comes from richard and uh richard wants to know uh do you miss touring with uh with steve no, I mean uh, we're still touring. So right, this is <laughs> yeah. We just we just uh, we did a tour April May. We I mean we just we just finished maybe about a month ago. You just we'll, saw it, right? <laughs> I just um, we'll be back out again. Uh, we'll be back out again towards the end of this month. Okay. So he's still Steve is still playing, and he plans on going until the wheels fall off. You know. Okay, so you've seen enough of Steve. You, you, you don't miss him. Okay, no, there's not I mean, enough time to miss him between the legs of the tour. <laughs> I haven't had I haven't had time to miss him, but uh, <laughs> but it's a it's a fun. I really enjoy. I really do enjoy doing it, and the thirty years just went by just that fast. Really, uh, time really clicks off when you're having a lot of fun, Tyler. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, that's for certain uh, on that front. Uh, so, so let me ask around the room: um, what What is everybody's favorite Stevie Miller bad song? Like, what is? I'll start with you, Don. What if you had to choose of all the ones that that Steve and, and Joseph have done over the years? What What would be your go to choice? Man, I, I probably got to go with. Jungle Love, just that intro and and, and hearing that for the first song that. 19th birthday that was the, the best birthday of my life i'm there with my mom and dad and we're having a great time at route 66 casino and like i don't know it was just like a really really cool experience i think that that's always going to have a special place in my heart just because of that that's a good one <laughs> what about you uh jonathan what's your what's your favorite uh i love the sort of funky rhythms going on with uh swing town but once i've I'm going to be basic here. Fly Like an Eagle is my go-to song when I'm on a plane, especially that outro where, like, it you're just wrapped, especially at night. Like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Like, you hear that, and you just drift away with uh, that. If, you have, if you're listening to this podcast and you have not done that, do that next time you're on a plane at night. It's awesome. I love it. That's a good one. <laughs> Tyler, what's yours? I, I, I hate to sound basic, but it, it's the Joker for me. You know, like that—that that, no, no, no offense, Joseph. Don't don't take this the wrong way, but that is a very good karaoke song too. I feel like everyone knows it can get into it. Yeah, that's that is absolutely the truth. I I think it's so singable. I think that's what makes it apply to just about everybody. We do that song in like the whole house. Some people call me the space cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah, that I think the singability of that will make it last forever. Do you get a lot of people who do the wow, 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 like with their voice? Some people call me in the whole audience. Wow, wow. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it's it's fun too because Steve really takes that sound serious. I mean, we'll be we'll be in sound check, and he really you'll hear a bunch of times him getting that just right <laughs> because like you know because he knows how many people are going to be waiting to hear that thing. I love it. That's great. It well, really. Uh, is. Before we go, kind of just around the room, Joseph, we'll start with you. Thanks for joining us, man. Where can uh, people see uh, you on tour and and uh, and follow with uh, all you got going on, man? Well, you can anything that I do, you can go to josephwooten.com, W-O-O-T-E-N, uh, and follow me there. The Steve, if you want to know where Steve Miller is going to be, you can get it off my website, or you can go to uh, stevemillerband.com. Um, you know, uh, I matter, you matter.com. If you want to see what's going on with our, with our charity. Um, and, uh, that's right. And I forgot to mention that I also have a book. Can you see that? Yes. It all matters. Words that I live by. It's on Amazon. There you go. That's it. It's on Amazon. You can go to Amazon if you want to catch the book there. Um, that's uh, that's pretty much it. You can, you know, all my music is on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes. Uh, you can you can catch it all there. Awesome. What's uh, what's going on in your world the uh, next couple of days, man? Well, uh, I have a rehearsal tomorrow night because I have a concert uh, at the Nashville Jazz Workshop this Saturday. Uh, so I have a rehearsal tomorrow night with my band Joseph Wooten and the Hands of Soul. Um, I'm doing some more writing for, for uh, my brothers and I because we're, we're going to try to release some music in the fall. And uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Getting ready for the next Steve Miller tour also. Trying to stay in shape. Trying to stay healthy. Doing a lot of reading. Uh, and following you guys. <laughs> NASCAR and the fast car. Nice car and the fast car. I love it. Uh, Jonathan, I appreciate you uh, being here, jumping in with us this week, man. What's uh, what's going on in your world over the next couple of days, man? Oh, uh, lots and lots of projects. Um, I know over at uh, KOB4, I got a story coming up on a middle school rocketry team. They competed at a national competition, caught the interest of NASA. So that's going to be fun to tell their story. Uh, on the racing experts, of course, because this is Let's Go Racing. Uh, got some stuff coming up this week. Uh, maybe talk with some people. And, of course, Sonoma's coming up this weekend. I believe our uh, own Frank Romero is going to be out there. Old Frank, uh, good guy. So, uh, yeah, follow the raceexperts.com. Uh, me on Twitter as well, Jonathan underscore F-J-E-L-D. And, yeah, we got awesome stuff. So I'm excited. Dominic, uh, how about you? Yeah, so I'll be spending now home in Grants, New Mexico. We got all our moving done last week from Santa Fe, so it's nice to be back in hometown, homegrown Grants, New Mexico, and we're along I-40. So it's just more getting projects done around the house, but, of course, helping with coverage remotely and helping with our guys that's going to be out at Sonoma Rice. I think Frank's going to love it out there. And, yeah, I, I, it's, it's just going to be a fun week. And how about you, Tyler? Getting in uh, that race car, NASCAR fast car, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be doing that this weekend with David, uh, TeamTexas.com. I'll have some updates on my social media as uh, the Summer of Jones continues uh, this weekend. Uh, 
We'll uh, definitely have a good time, and uh, I'll have updates on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook at Tyler Jones Live. You can find me there. Uh, Joseph, uh, once again, our pleasure. Uh, thanks for for stopping by and joining us. You're, you're welcome back here anytime, man. Uh, what a fantastic story you have, and uh, love uh, love your music, man. Can't wait till uh, you come back to Dallas. Love come see the show, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, take a look at the steemillerband.com. See when we're coming uh, your way. And uh, you know, contact me, and we'll we'll get you in. Awesome, that sounds All right. Well, uh, we'll put the checkered flag out on uh, this edition of Let's Go Racing. As always, subscribe to the show for new episodes out each and every week uh, on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, also, uh, check us out uh, on social media: Facebook.com/slash/StarPodcast, Twitter at StarPodcast. And uh, by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. Let's go racing, part of the Studio Soapbox Network, along with this show and uh, the Jones Report, as well as uh, the Coach Bo Knows podcast and more. Check out those shows on all podcast platforms. And uh, we shall see you next week. For David Akaragan, David Starr, Joseph Wooten, Jonathan Bell, and Tyler Jones, thanks a lot. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.